everybody. Welcome to another edition of Claves Online. We call it Huddle Up with Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne along with Howard Richards and our special guest today, Pro Football Hall of Famer Orlando Pace. And fellas, I have to say this right off the top. If I'm a quarterback and I needed the left side protected, I put Howard at guard, I put the big over <laughs> left tackle, and I think I got a chance to complete my next pass. Man, first of all, it's great to have both you guys together at the same time. You guys are all Americans, and uh, it's just a pleasure to have both of you. Well, thank, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, you know, me and you, we go way back, man. So uh, thanks for having <laughs> me on the show. Uh, you know, uh, it's always a good time anytime you invite me, bro. So, And the big old uh, – And uh, I'll say I, it's – Go ahead, Howard. No, I was just going to say that, um, you know, for, for being from St. Louis and then getting a chance to come back and, and of course, watch the Rams and, and, and watch you, Orlando, play. I've always admired your game. Uh, extremely impressed with a guy of your size and how, how nimble you were uh, from a footwork standpoint, but also, you know, you just got it done, man. I don't, I don't think I ever saw you give up any sacks, uh, just a lot of consistency. And um, uh, you, you were a, uh, a fixture on that offensive line for the Rams, man. So I, I haven't really had a chance to congratulate you on on a great career, but also um, being inducted to the Hall of Fame. So, um, my man, very very well done. You know, well, I'm gonna say you, this. You, I'm, I'm gonna say this about Orlando. He might be the most important draft choice we've ever had in St. Louis. And you include hockey, you include baseball. When you think about the impact that Orlando had, I'm gonna say this on the record. Anybody wants to dispute it, bring it. The most important first pick of the draft St. Louis has ever had, period, in any sport. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, just because of uh, it, how long he played, how effective he was, um, and what he meant to uh, that Rams offense, but for the Rams, period. Um, I don't know that you're going to find uh, too many left tackles that – uh, you can say we're, we're better, certainly uh, guys that were as good are in the same conversation, but he's certainly among the best uh, to ever play the position. Well, I appreciate that, fellas. I know we were having some dark years here in St. Louis and, and to be a, be a part of that that uh, that turning point uh, with Coach Vermeil drafting me and then adding some other pieces. Uh, it was a, It was a really exciting, fun time to be in St. Louis, having an opportunity to win a championship and, and with some great guys and and, and to, to do it here in, for this community. And, and people still walk up to me today about those years and how special those years meant to, to so many people here in this community. All right, let's talk some football here because uh, <clears throat> you guys were really good at what you did. And I've always said when they talk about, they use the term skill position, they always talk about backs and receivers. I think the skill starts at the line of scrimmage. And, and you guys played in different eras. Although I look at you guys, you guys are closer to as far as technique and style are compared to today. You guys watch the game. What, what's the biggest difference you see compared to when you played as far as how the game is taught and coached? Go ahead, Orlando. Uh, yeah, yeah. For me, um, you know, obviously, I think it starts at the college level. I don't, I don't know if guys are being as, uh, as physical as they, as as we we used to be. We used to run the ball three yards a cloud of dust, you know, hat on the hat, uh, you know, go out and try to move guys. 
now there's the, the technique isn't the same. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, you block to a guy, not through the guy, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think the fit, the technique is being taught at the same pace as, as it was when, when Howard and I both played. Uh, so I, I think the technique part of it is a little different. And the, there's not the physical style of play that we were taught growing up, at least that I was taught growing up. And, and I think that changes. And then it kind of gets into the, the NFL a little bit where guys aren't coached early in college. And you kind of see that leak over into the league as much. And I think that has to do with they don't have as much time in, in college as they once did. And everybody's trying to make the game safer. And I get that. But there's still a level of technique that needs to be taught to some of these young guys coming into the National Football League. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> getting a chance to watch football every weekend uh, at the collegiate level, uh, little things like pulling and trapping. You know, it, it, it's I don't see the you know pulling yanking the arm and having the foot follow in that direction. I see more jumping and hopping. Um, yeah. But I see yeah, same thing, especially when you see uh, uh, teams run the uh, the counter OT. It's the same way, M more jumping and less discipline on the footwork. I think it all starts during the week, you know, as if you're not hitting uh, and going full speed or near full <laughs> practice, how do you recreate that on Sundays all of a sudden? You, you just don't. I mean, we, and I'm sure you did the same way. It was a carryover from what you did during the week. The games were easy. It was the practices you had yeah, to get two point. days. Um, you know, I'd feel refreshed by the time Sunday rolled around, <laughs> because yeah. I knew that after the game, I you know you, you're playing hard for what 40, 50 plays, man. Then you get a little bit of rest, and uh, but I had more work during the week, and that's what wore me out more than anything. No, you know, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You can't. You got. You know, as you know, training camp is where you get your body acclimated to being physical. You harden your body a little bit. Uh, you wear pads because it teaches you how to stay low in certain things. And, and I don't know if guys are being taught that. Uh, not as not as much or as consistent as they probably should be. You, you know, Orlando, you made a great point about how we teach blocking now because now I heard a term influence. We influence a guy. We just kind of ask him to move to one side of the field compared to back in the day. You were going through a guy, and, and you yeah. were famous for pancaking a guy. I mean, yeah. if you weren't flattening a guy, yeah. and this is not grabbing a guy by the shoulder pads, I'm talking about just – the old, you know, here we go. I'm going to drive yeah. a guy into, as they used to say, driving my side of the screen or the TV. Right. So right. if he got blocked into the sideline, well, I don't see that. And I think that's why the running game as we see it today is not what it used to be because you don't hear the term, the hole was big enough for him to drive a truck through. No. Now the running back gets to the line and he has to be able to make that jump cut <clears throat> because they've tried to push everybody to one side of the field. And it just – I, I don't get it, man. And that and the fact that the way you can hold a guy now, you know, grabbing a guy inside, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Can you yep. imagine if you guys were allowed to do that, grab a guy like here, it, right oh. in the middle, and just just pile drive? I mean, oh my God. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that's the, you look at the evolution of um, uh, uh, zone or area blocking stretch plays. I think that's a product of you know, how blocking techniques have changed. Uh, teams now are you, you basically you run out there and let your back find the daylight and, and do it on his own. 
but guys really aren't controlling the line of scrimmage as much as far as one-on-one -on -one blocking. That's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I think uh, anytime I talk to young guys, and one of the things that even as a college kid that I that I love to do, I wanted to be, I wanted to finish blocks. And I think it's important to move a man against his will, three to four yards, or even flatten him on his back. You know, that's demoralizing to a defensive lineman. So I wanted to make my job easier for the guy who's watching the tape the next week. To say, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to brace and not get, you know, not get pancaked or whatever. So that was that was part of my approach to it. I just wanted to finish. And there's nothing greater, Howard. You know this. Uh, than putting somebody on his back or making him feel like he's he's broken or he's he, he doesn't want to play anymore during a football game because you broke that man's will. So that was my thought process going into to games is I'm trying to break that man across from me his will. So and I don't see that as much today. And I don't know if it's you know I don't I watch a lot of college football or even pros for that matter. But uh, you know guys, I, I, I about finishing and, and trying to to you know I should say take that man's soul a little bit, man. So. See you, you, you dastardly. <laughs> Let's take our first break. We're here with the Hall of Famer Orlando Pace and Howard Richards on ClavesOnline.com. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Amron, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmarinIllinois.com slash renewables. Can Graybar help my electrical and datacom jobs be more productive? Yep. Our supply chain services are designed to do just that. Like job site services? Yep. We deliver the products you need where and when you need them, no matter your industry. What if I have technical questions? Yep. Our specialists are top notch. Emergency support? Yep even after hours. They're a unicorn. When you need to keep your projects productive and profitable, rely on Graybar to help you get the job done right. No unicorns required. Yep, Graybar does that. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne. Hall of Famer Orlando Pace is with us as well. We were talking about technique and how the game has changed. All right, I want to ask you guys a couple of things about your careers. Uh, as you guys mentioned, the game has changed as far as how you practice and how you play. Who was a guy that gave you problems and who was a guy you had the paperwork on? So I know, Orlando, you, you got paperwork on half the league, if not three quarters of the league. And Howard, you were the same way. So who were the guys that like who were that you had your day with? And who was a guy you were like, all right, I, I have to turn it up a notch on here? Um, I think I think uh, one of the guys, first of all, everybody in the National Football League is really good, man. And if you have a day against him, then, then you know, count your blessing because he's going to come back and try to get you the next go round. One of my most anticipated matchups, Mike, and we've talked about this before. <laughs> uh, there's a couple, but Bruce Smith. Uh, oh. <laughs> I had watched Bruce Smith growing up as a kid and I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm going against Bruce. I'm hyped. I'm pumped. And uh, and Bruce, uh, you know, we had a day. I felt like I, I had a pretty good day as a, as a second year player against Bruce. Uh, but uh, you know, Bruce is one of those guys, two hundred sack guy, phenomenal Hall of Famer. Uh, but I was a little shocked that he cried, that he complained to the ref. As much as he did. So I was a little disappointed when I when I was playing against him because I was hyped. 
and all he did was complain to the ref most of the most of most of the day. So that's because you wore um, his so ass yeah, he was down. a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Bruce is my guy. So but it was one of those days where it was just like, man, I felt I, I knew I could play in this league once I had success against a guy like Bruce. And then in terms of just different, you know, I always say different times in my career when I was older. I didn't want to block the guy that, that went 110%. A smaller guy just kind of ran upfield. I hated blocking those types of guys. Uh, you know, Dwight Freeney, you know, one of those guys who just had moves that, you know, he was a tough challenge that you had to gear up for a week in and week out. Uh, Joe Johnson, it was, a, it was a St. Louis guy. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he had some really, really good battles here in St. Louis when he played with the Saints. There's a lot of good guys in the league. Uh, you know, but you got to you got to bring you got to come play every week, as you know, in, in the National Football League. So I'm going to add on to the Bruce Smith story. So <laughs> Orlando, Orlando's having he, he's having a pretty good day. So they huddle in they Buffalo's in the huddle. And one of his teammates said, Bruce, you bleeding. And they, they, he looked on his pants. He's got some blood on his pants. He's trying to figure out where he's bleeding from. Orlando hit him and hit him in the mouth. His, his, he busted his lip. <laughs> and he came out of the huddle. He was smoking hot. He was so he was to the referee. He was trying to find somebody. He was smoking hot. And, uh, and, and then at that point, I think Orlando was playing out of fear because was Bruce Smith. He, he really pissed off now. <laughs> he's hot. He's hot. And, I don't want to beat the bear up, man. He, was, he, he, he turned it up. Bear, and Orlando stepped his game up even more. And Bruce was so mad. He, as Orlando said, I was on the sidelines and he was talking to anybody in a, in a strike <laughs> uniform about how Orlando was playing. The funniest thing I'd ever said. I'd never seen Bruce Smith that worked up in my life. <laughs> but it's funny, I was going through it and then you had told me the story afterwards. And I said, man, this is, you know, I'm glad somebody can reference this story. Oh, man. Man, it, was, <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen because there's Orlando. And for me, I think pound for pound, Bruce Smith might have been the best defensive lineman I've ever seen because not only could he sack the quarterback, he could play the run with anybody. And he could he could even scoot inside and he could take on guards and centers as well as offensive tackles. And, and I don't think he gets the credit for how good of a player he was. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, what yeah, about you? I, um, you know, so I played more uh uh more guard, put more inside, even though I played exclusively right tackle at Mizzou. I, I never played guard at, at all until I played in the senior bowl. Uh, and that's when I guess they figured out that this, this guy's versatile enough. He can play multiple positions. Um, and as soon as I got to Dallas, um, once training camp started, I started getting moved around uh, around the offensive line. And, you know, for me, it, it wasn't wasn't comfortable. I was just starting to get um, acclimated to playing one position. Then in 84, uh, because of retirements of, uh, of, of Pat Donovan, uh, I ended up going out to left tackle and I pleaded with, with our coaching staff. I said, you know, let, let this guy, let, let Phil Posderick who went to Notre Dame, let him go out there. I'm kind of comfortable here at left guard feeling it for, for Herb Scott. Let me just stay here. Okay. Now, now you're, you're going to be more effective outside than, so it was, it was a little bit more difficult to me, but I, I, I played against um, LT and of course, Leonard Marshall at the giants. And, um, I probably had more, a little more difficulty. I only gave up, I think, in the the six years or so that I was there, probably two sacks against the, the both of them. Uh, 
but they were always very difficult because of the games that they played, the games that they ran together. Um, and then trying to get the guy playing next to you on the same accord was a little more difficult uh, because it seems like at that time we were changing offensive linemen around so much. Um, but the, the teams I enjoyed playing against the most, uh, the players were uh, like Dave Butts uh, at Washington. Uh, and I would flip to the against Dexter Manley. Um, and Dexter and I go back to when he played at Oklahoma State. So we have always had this, this longstanding uh, relationship. He'll say that he got the best of me. I'll say that I got the best of him. So at the end of the day, we'll call it a draw. But the strangest thing that ever happened to me on the football field, we're playing the Raiders on a, on Sunday night. It's my third year. I'm starting at left goal. I'm playing uh, against Lyle Alzado. Uh-oh. Who infamously, the year before, <laughs> Snatched ripped off, off Chris Ward's helmet, right? Ward. You, you ever see oh, that? I have. I have. I have yeah. Ohio State. You know, so I'm, you know, I'm a little keyed up because I have no idea what to expect from Alzado. You hear all the rumors, you know, the steroids and, and uppers and all the stuff that he was on. And I was kind of watching him in warm-ups a little bit. And, you know, he's uh, – I got close to him because I wanted to kind of see him a little bit closer on the field before, you know, the actual play started. And his eyes were like this, I mean, like the entire time. <laughs> and we line up, and I think it's probably the third play of the game. I'm blocking on the backside, trying to cut him off. And he grabs my face mask. And like you, you're, you know, you have this built-up anxiety because you you're ready for this, right? And he he grabs my face mask, and I started yelling at him, like cussing at him, like, don't ever grab my face mask, blah, 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 blah. And the, the thing he says to me that just completely took me off guard, he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> has, has anyone ever apologized to you on a football field? It just like, it took me out of my game for like a couple of plays. Like, this dude just apologize to me. <laughs> oh, strange thing. But I had him the rest of the day. But, but he, was, he was definitely juiced up that day, no doubt. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that on a football field. Ever. And, and not since either. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hey, uh, all right. So uh, best coach you ever played for. Oh, now let me ask you this question. I had a conversation with somebody the other day about uh, coaches yelling at players on the sideline. And obviously the uh, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton thing has been a big topic of discussion. And I tried to tell him, that happens all the time. It's just not on camera. How much is when you guys play? Because you guys played in an era where, where yelling at a guy was was par for the course. How much of that is real? I mean, do we see? Is that more common than we think? Because uh, as he he's never seen it before. He never seen a coach dress down a quarterback before on TV. And I'm like, bro, you need to be on the sidelines because this happens on a regular basis. You need to be in a practice facility because this happens. You know. You know. I've seen quarterbacks, head coaches go at it, coaches and coaches go at it. But I think it's more commonplace than people uh, would like to know. I just think, um, you know, the emotion of the game, everybody's hype. You know, there's a mistake here, interception here. You know, at the end of the day, it's really about how they recover. Uh, you know, you, you can see the, the only thing I don't like is the narrative that they kind of go with. Tom Brady and his coach gets into it. They yell, that's fiery. That's great. That's great leadership. You know, and then another guy gets yelled at and go into it. And then this whole turmoil 
and it's, you know, somebody has to leave or, you know, whatever it might be. So I hate the, the, the way they kind of control the narrative, but it happens so often. Uh, and then coaches know who they can do that to and who they can't do that. You're to. right. Yeah. Right. Because they know if that guy's he's not he's not totally right. He might be a little crazy. They, they're not going to approach him like that. So I think coaches know who they can approach like that and who they can. I guess like I'm going to say you probably don't have that conversation with Charles Haley. No, no, no. <laughs> who, who, they had paperwork on how crazy he was. So you probably talked to somebody else to go talk to Charles in that absolutely, situation. Absolutely. But I'm sure I'm sure Russell and, 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 and you know, um, Sean, I'm sure they probably got together after the game or, you know, two days later after everybody's cooled down and everything will be fine. So let's take our last break. We're going to come back and talk about the bowl game, the cotton bowl, Ohio state and Mizzou playing each other. We're going to take a break. Come back after this. Hi everybody. I'm Peter Munganass with Munganass St. Louis Acura here to talk to you today about some benefits of Acura's certified pre-owned program. After passing a 182 point multi-point inspection, Acura backs all of our certified pre-owned cars with a six year, 100,000 mile limited warranty and a seven year, 100,000 mile powertrain warranty. Munganass St. Louis Acura has new inventory arriving daily. Come on into Munganass St. Louis Acura today, meet our award-winning team, and find that perfect certified pre-owned Acura for you. Are you ready for a challenging and rewarding career? There are quality jobs in the construction industry. I got out of college and my career choices were very limited and this provided me with a plan for the present and the future at the same time. I actually have a bachelor's degree in psychology and I was making less than I make as a first year apprentice painter. I didn't go to college. I have no college debt. I make more money than the majority of people I know that went to college. Take your first step towards a rewarding career. Visit stlouispdf.org. We're back with two All-Americans, Hall of Famers, Orlando Pace, Howard Richards, I'm Mike Claiborne. We call this Huddle Up with Howard. All right, we have the game, the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State and the University of Missouri playing each other for the first time in, what, 47 years. Last time these two teams played, uh, Mizzou won. But before that, Ohio State had the paperwork on Mizzou. You guys follow the game. Give me your thoughts on this game because both sides at this level have something to lose more than they have the game because of the fact that we're talking about Big Ten, SEC, the Ohio State, University of Missouri. Give me your thoughts. We'll start off with you, O. Um, wow. Um, you know, I think it's a tough one for me, uh, obviously, living here in, in, in St. Louis and, and my, my, my allegiance to the Ohio State University, which I, I live and die every week for, for my Buckeyes. Uh, it's just tough because – we don't, we're kind of a little, not that we're in turmoil a little bit, but we don't know who's playing. Uh, yeah. Our quarterback hit the transfer portal. Uh, we got a couple, our receiver, Marvin's probably not going to play. A couple guys aren't going to play in, in today's age of, if I'm not in the final four, I don't know if I'm going to play in that game. I think it's going to be a, a great matchup though. I think Mizzou, I've watched them over the years, especially this year, they play really good football and they seem like they're turning that corner uh, and becoming one of the, the better the better teams in the SEC. So, uh, you know, we, we'll have a challenge on our hands. We have to come out and play. Our young guys that hadn't played a lot would have to come out and really play good football against this team. But, uh, you know, obviously, hopefully our talent and, and what we what we, what we we can accomplish, we, we want to finish our, our – after our last game, we want to come out and hopefully get a win in the Cotton Bowl against Mizzou. How are you, 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 you deep in it? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. And if you're Mizzou, 
you know that, uh, of course, the quarterback has transferred, but Devin Brown, who hasn't gotten a lot of tape on him, I think he's maybe thrown 50 passes this year. Um, but he's going to be prepared. And I, I think you've got to be prepared if you're Missouri, as though, even though it hasn't been announced yet, uh, that Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, will play, even though he may not, he hasn't announced it yet. But, you know, the other receiver, uh, Egbuka, is going to play. Uh, going to be there or not. Uh, but the thing about Ohio State is that you've got so much depth. You know, you've, you've got four and five stars um, littered throughout both the offense and defense. So you have to believe, with it being a blue blood program, uh, that the guys that they have that aren't starting are just as good as the guys that are are going to be starters. Mizzou doesn't have uh, they. This year is probably a year that they've had more depth, more guys in the rotation that are playing as well as starters. Uh, so that might be the thing that makes this game uh, a much more evenly match, much more even matchup. Uh, at by the time they kick off, I think. Because of the transfer of the quarterback, McCord, um, Mizzou went from being about a five or six point underdog to, I think, a, maybe a one point favorite or something like that. I expect it to be a well-played game, um, but you just never know. And I think, you know, the the competition, you know, who's the better conference? Who's got better players, SEC or Big Ten? Uh, this game at the outset, uh, I, I think, is one of those where people will will really want to see how both teams match up. It's going to be the only game on on TV that night, Friday the 29th. Um, so it should be fun. Uh, you, you, you've got a, an established coach in Ryan Day. Um, you've got an uh, up-and-coming coach in Eli Drinkwitz who's trying to establish himself as uh, one of the better coaches uh, in the SEC. He won SEC Coach of the Year. Um, had a pretty good recruiting class this season. Uh, they signed, you know, all their 20 commitments thus far. Um, so they've had a lot to celebrate this year, winning 10 wins um, when many people finish, figured that they'd finish probably sixth or so in the division. Uh, I'm probably the only only fool to pick them to win 10 games. But, yeah, you uh, were. <laughs> <laughs> you raised your hand early but, on that. I did. I did. But, you know, when, you, when you're around a program, you get a chance to, to watch and see the guys that uh, not only start the games, but they're rotational players. So you see that level of talent that they have. And um, luckily for me, I, I came out smelling like a rose. Um, uh, but, but I think they – this team – Grew up a lot from 2022, losing four games by a total of 18 points. Uh, most of their leadership decided that they were going to come back this year because they did have something to prove. Um, and they went out there and did it. You know, even even the games that they lost <clears throat> against LSU and Georgia, they were in those games up until uh, the, the very last point. Minus a few mistakes, you know, they could have. Could have been twelve and zero, um, but it it should be an exciting matchup <clears throat> for for the the fan bases, both Mizzou and Ohio State. Um, my former teammate at Dallas, Doug Donnelly, who was uh, he was our second round pick. I was a first round pick in eighty one. Here uh, have been very close since uh, since our days in Dallas, and uh, we've we've got a little friendly wager on the game as well. Uh, one of my all-time favorite Ohio State players, uh, who unfortunately passed, Springs on the. Oh yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Smith. 
Ron Springs, yeah. um, he, good no, player, and his kid was a good player too. You played with Sean, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. But he was he was like he was the the heartbeat of the locker room, and you you know he shares stories about Woody Hayes from back in the day. But you miss guys like that that to me are part of your fabric. Um, and a lot of that was his foundation from growing up in Hampton Roads, and then uh, the the four years that he spent up in Columbus. Um, that was where he 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 learned and honed his skills. Um, it, Ohio State's always been a great program, and uh, I, I think this matchup uh, at the Cotton Bowl should be a lot of fun for a lot of people. Hey, um, you guys both played in big time bowl games. Um, best memory you had about bowl games? Uh, for me, and I, for me, it, it was my last game at Ohio State. It was. Uh, <laughs> you guys have never been to. I'm sure you guys have, but the Rose Bowl is just a phenomenal place. Yeah. To uh, to have a a bowl game because the mountains, the settings, everything uh, about the Rose Bowl, man, the grass. I can still smell the grass. And, and for me, playing Arizona State there, Jake Plummer, my last game, winning on the last second drive. Um, you know, it was really a storybook ending for me. And just being in that that environment uh, was great. So the Rose Bowl for me is number one by far in terms of bowl games that, that I really enjoyed, um, you know, it's California. It's the, the all the roses, all the, all the pageantry that comes with it. Uh, you know, it's a phenomenal bowl game to be a part of. <clears throat> we played in the Liberty bowl in, uh, 78 and 80, my, my sophomore and senior years in 78, <clears throat> we beat LSU 20 to 15, Charles yeah, Alexander, uh, Charles Alexander, the great. LSU yeah. He was, was something, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was one of the Heisman finalists and uh, we pretty much shut him down, but that game went down to, uh, it was a close game at the end. Luckily for us, we got out to um, uh, a comfortable enough lead because they were coming back, but we were able to finish it. But we had, you know, we had Kellen Winslow uh, senior on our team and Leo Lewis and Phil Bradley and, Wendell Ray and Eric Wright on defense. Uh, um, guys, a bunch of guys from that team that went on and played multiple years in the NFL. In my, my senior year, we played Purdue in that same Liberty Bowl. Ended up losing late to them, but Mark Herman was one of the, the top quarterbacks in the league that year, uh, in college football, I should say. Uh, Dave Young, who just passed away this year, was, was the top tight end uh, coming out of college that year. So they had talent. Uh, up and down their roster. Um, and that was another close game. We lost that one. Uh, but, you know, just the memories and even the relationships that you develop from from playing against those guys. Calvin Clark, who played on that team, uh, who it surprised me he didn't play longer in the league, uh, was was a hell of a defensive lineman. And to this day, you know, we, we still communicate on, on social media. He lives in Dallas now. And um, uh, I, I just think that you know, the the matchups then, there were so few bowl games back in 1981. I think there may have only been 15 bowl games. So a, a bowl game like the Liberty Bowl was probably, you know, it was a step down from orange rolls, sugar, and cotton. But it was like the equivalent of a New Year's Six Bowl because it was the only thing on TV that day. Um, a lot of fun, um, fond memories of it. Um, and to be able to win two of the bowl games that we played in. And then, of course, my, my junior year, we played South Carolina, who did have the Heisman Rogers. that year in George Rogers. Yeah. 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 So we played some studs, man. And um, 
you know, to win two of those three bowl games was uh, it was a nice way to look back on your career and 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 look at your accomplishments and and, and feel good about what you were able to do. You know, Orlando, you made a point about being in a last second drive. I had a coach once that said, "There's nothing like being on the field to being on the field when you win. You can be on the sidelines. That's one thing, but if you're on the field when you win in that last play, he said, "There's nothing like it." Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just being on that, it's funny, you know, in college, I, I was on that drive to, to win it all. And then the Super Bowl, Super Bowl yeah. on the sideline, and I'm like, I don't know if this guy got in, did he stretch <laughs> out, did he jump? So I will agree with that that statement that it is much, it's easier and it's better because you feel like you have some some uh, some say in how the game goes. At least you're a part of it. Not that you're not, but at least you're, you're a part of that drive to go down and win it opposed to being on the sideline, although it's great to win a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm on my tippy toes trying to see if this guy got in, looking at the ref, making sure, you know, you know he didn't stretch out and, and, and score that touchdown. So I would love, I love to be on the field, you know, to finish the game. All right, as we wrap up, friendly wager here, Mizzou, Ohio State. I think loser has to buy dinner. Let's do it, man. Let's, Let's do it. it. And, I, and I'll order the wine. How about yeah, yeah. it? <laughs> I'm always going to go guys no matter what, man. Yeah, there you go. So so loser loser buys dinner. Uh, winner picks the restaurant, and I'll, I'll pick the wine. There you go. There you go. We'll do that. I like good. it, Mike. Let's set it up. The big Let's old it, Orlando Pace Hall of Famer. Thank you so much, man, for being part of Huddle Up with Howard today. Absolutely, man. You guys have a good one, man. And have a good so. holiday. Howard Richards, we'll be doing this again soon. For Howard Richards in Orlando Pace, I'm Mike Claiborne. This has been Huddle Up with Howard on ClavesOnline.com. Have a great, safe holiday, everyone.